Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by America's Choice Windows, where you'll get 10 windows for just $36.80. Doug, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. I appreciate uh, taking my call, and I love your show. It's just a wealth of knowledge. It's great to hear you. Thank you. I've got in my washroom uh, where my washer drains the uh, water out of the uh, washing machine into the drainage part of the house. That has backed up uh, yesterday evening and um, broke out my trusty snake, but I only get it about um, maybe five or six feet down into the pipe. You know, it's it's about four feet off, you know, the opening's about four feet off right. the ground. I, I can go about six, five or six feet down, and it's just like it hits a brick wall. And I uh, wonder if it's just making a, a hard T there, and I just need to be more patient with it, or, um, you know, what what might I need to do with that? Well, it shouldn't be making a hard T. I mean, it, there right. should be, as you come down, yes, there'll be a an elbow. Uh, right. I guess I shouldn't say it shouldn't make a T because if there's another pipe running across, it very well could T into another pipe. Let me ask you a couple quick questions. So sure. how old a house are we talking about? Uh, 1984. Okay, so you got PVC plumbing under it. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're not having to worry about it being a broken cast iron. That's what I was thinking, right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you could still have a root if there's a joint down there. Or a break yep. in the pipe that has finally just gotten big enough that it was blocking the water. Uh, and the water does drain slowly out. So it, it made, you know, it regurgitated and I turned everything off. And then slowly that pipe, you could see the water going down. So the water eventually goes down. So that it's not a, a complete 100% blockage. It's some some other element. I went to the kitchen, which is very nearby clean out and ran a 50-foot snake and couldn't come up with anything. Um, and so I, I wasn't sure if there was uh, – and I went to the clean out outside to see if there was some kind of trouble out there and everything looked like it was fine. So I couldn't get uh, any of the easy – what I would call easy fixes done. So that's why right. I figured, okay, I'll try to snake this thing. And then it gets to about five or six feet. And it. I even went and bought one of the super thin snakes thinking it would be more flexible – um, and can't get it around or through whatever that corner is. Is there a, a backflow preventer kind of thing on that on that no. system? There? Okay, I was afraid no. I might have hung up on that. Okay. Yeah. No, no, drain lines don't have any backflow preventers. But okay. the, what, what, the snake you're using, is it, a, is it a regular powered snake or a hand crank? Oh, no, it's all it's hand crank. I've got one that's the, you know, maybe a maybe a quarter or, or smaller yeah. uh, diameter one, and then I've got the flat one. Okay. Uh, also thinking I might be able to bend that around it. Well, it, it, I don't think, given all the different ways you've tried, I don't think it's going to be an elbow or, or okay. a T. I think you've probably got something jammed down in there, and I'm betting it's going to end up being a tree root. Oh, uh, okay. So what I would try is to get a power-type snake, and they yep. they make a, a blade on the or a, uh, yeah, so a head for those, that yep. that has a blade to chew through roots. Now, will that damage the PVC though? No, not really. enough to cause you know like a, I just don't want to cut the root. And then, oh, by the way, I just broke my pipe all to pieces too. <laughs> no, 
No. Okay. Uh, you know, if you're if you're running that one through a uh, drain line or a, a, a French drain type pipe, you know, thin oh, hole. Oh, right. Yeah, right, it right. can it can okay. maybe chew that up, but on a schedule forty, now nah, you should be fine with it. That is awesome. Uh, I'm going to give that a try a little bit later today. That was my next thought was to get the uh, the power uh, guy, you know, power tool involved. And I saw those yep. at one of the local stores had a little kit of all these little attachments you can put at the end of the snake, and one of them was kind of a root blade. And I thought, yeah, I'd, I'd try and that. I think that's going to clear it out. But what that's also going to tell you is you got a broken pipe. This is going to yep. happen again. It's going to have to be fixed. Before I do, I, I, I would try the snake first, you know, with the root blade sure. on it. Right. Also, you could run a little camera down there and see exactly what it is. Okay. Good. And I would definitely do that before trying to do any repairs on it. Now, do they rent those at, at local tool rental kind of places, or is that something I need to purchase? No, they do rent them. Okay. Are, are you in the Austin area, or where are you at? I am. Yeah, I'm northwest okay. Austin, yeah. Okay. Uh, if you'll call around, uh, they rent cameras out. Your, your big places like, uh, oh... Rental one and places like that. I don't think they carry them. It's going to be sure. more of your smaller rental shops, okay. or call some of the plumbing stores. Oh yeah, good good point. Okay, I'll and, do that. and yeah. some of them rent them out as well. Uh, I will oh. tell you though, a camera. Typically, you're going to look at like 185 bucks a day to rent one. Oh wow! I, I saw one on the yesterday at the big box uh, place, and the camera system was only 99. So I don't know what that included. So I don't know if that was. Well, yeah, that's going to be a total different. Uh, oh yeah. The camera yeah, systems sure. for ninety nine. That's going to be something that you can just hook up onto a video screen and slide into the wall oh, or something. I gotcha. Okay, won't do that. That won't be that big of a deal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I'm not my not necessarily my last resort, but you know, Austin's a crazy growing town, and to get a uh, a good plumber uh, to come over for something silly as this, it's extremely difficult. And I wanted to do everything I could first. Oh and... no, they're they're more than happy to come for a large sum of money. That's <laughs> that's what I thought. I'd give you a call first, Jim. I really appreciate all the help. I'm going to go through all that and. You know what I'll do? I'll give you a call back and let you know how it worked out. I'd be really interested to hear what it is because I'm betting it's going to be a, a, a route just because really in, in a uh, washing machine line, there is nothing right. else to go down there. That's what I was thinking, too. Unless we, we might have bought a bunch of new towels and maybe the fibrous material, but, I mean, that's going to be so much water involved, it would just keep flushing it down. We've lived in this house for 20 years yeah. and never had any of these issues. So now that makes sense about the root thing because it just took a while for it to – you know, get big enough to do uh, some blockage. So well, and the fact that you just said you know the new tiles even lends more towards being tree roots because it could have had root fibers in there, and all oh, the filaments yeah. from the tiles well, yeah. are now hanging on those and plugging it up. Oh no, you know what? That's because we did buy you know a set of new tiles, and I and first thing I thought of was, man, that sure is a lot of lint coming off those tiles. And then when we wash them, you know, where is that all going? And you know, you're right; it could have just cut, you know basically been like a web. Yep. And then all those fibers get caught in the web. Now we got blockage. Okay. Well, I really appreciate it, Jim. I, uh, I'm going to go get uh, get my Saturday started with this project, and uh, I really appreciate all the help. And I'll, uh, like I said, I'll call you back and let you know how it goes. Well, you have a good Saturday doing that, and then a happy Easter tomorrow. You too, sir. Thank you so much. Bye bye now. Bet. Bye bye. Uh, the first one that I got here, let's see, comes out of Crowley and. It's from Ward. What kind of contractor do you need? Erosion repair for low areas in my backyard need part of the yard built up 
and possible work for grading outside the fence. Need someone that is reasonable as possible. Thanks and look forward to hearing from you. Also, love your show on WBAP. All right. We're doing good till you throw in as reasonable as possible. And here's the problem. When you start shopping your projects by price alone, you're giving up service. You have to remember, contractors are not selling you items. They're selling you a service. And so grading and, and, and all that is, is a really good example. It sounds like something that's pretty basic, right? What are they going to grade it with soil-wise? Are they going to bring in sand or are they going to bring in topsoil? If it's a deeper hole, are they going to pack it or are they just going to leave it fluffed up? Uh, on areas that are too high, are you going to have it resodded or just let it grow back in by nature? All that plays into it. And if you don't have specified how you want it done, you're going to get one contractor who's going to come in and go the low way. You're going to have another contractor come in who's going to go the high way which is the way I would typically tell people to go. And you're going to be looking at strictly dollars and you're not getting the same service from both places. And one of the big questions to always ask a contractor, are you going to stay on the job once you get started? It amazes me how many contractors will start five different jobs and each day of the week they go to a different job rather than having people on the job every day until it's done. Always, always ask, are you going to keep people on the job till it's done? So, to answer your question, what do you need? Well, there's several different types of contractors who can help you with this situation. Uh, landscapers do this kind of grading work all the time. And actually, so do a lot of foundation people. Uh, anybody who works with dirt is someone who's eligible. And truthfully, for what you described here, I would call a landscaper. To come in and do it because they can take care of uh, making sure that everything is back to nice neat and water flowing in the right direction for you so I hope that helps you out but again don't get too hung up on looking for the cheap guy because typically if you look for the cheap guy you're gonna be looking for somebody else to fix what they did wrong Bob welcome to WBAP thank you Jim um... I've got a question about uh, hot water heaters. I've got two 14-year-old 50-gallon A.O. Smith hot water heaters plumbed in line in a recirculating system. And one of them, the pilot light, will not stay lit. Every uh, I've talked to three different plumbers, and they all recommend replacing both tanks, both uh, water heaters, because of their age. And, um, you know, the repair kit for a new burner assembly is like $135. They want $1,600 apiece to replace um, both both heaters. And how old and so are I'm they? looking for 14 years old. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, that's getting to the age where it's not worth sticking a whole lot of money into it. But honestly, if you're not ready to replace it, uh, are, are they leaking anywhere? Uh, no signs of leaks. Okay. If you're not ready to replace it, I would put the repair kit in it and understand that water heater could go out in a week, a month, another 10 years. 
uh, it's really not unusual to get 20 years out of a water heater. And so I, I honestly, I would probably be hard pressed to replace both of them. I might look at replacing the one because, but you know, at $1,600. Right. Well, there's another question because they're in line in this uh, recirculating system. They said, if you replace one, but not the other, then, you know, trash and minerals and whatever particles are in there could get uh, contaminate the new one if you don't replace the other one as well. Yeah, that, that's that's understand I own a plumbing company. Uh and that's just a scare tactic. You got all those mineral deposits in the lines anyways. Uh you you you're not running a big risk of of anything with that. And right now I've got okay. all the plumbers saying, "Why are you telling him that?" but uh no don't worry about that if that if that was the big issue all you'd have to do is put a little sand trap to capture the stuff before it goes in the other uh water heater no big deal okay okay uh, i got to i got to be honest at 1600 bucks and now when when you said the repair kit was 100 and what was it 130 well, just the burner assembly, just the part is one hundred thirty-five dollars. Um, Plus, you got to have it. So I'd have to put it on. Got to pay, yeah, probably a couple, two, three hundred dollars to have somebody out to do it. Here's here's my rule of thumb: if I get anywhere near the halfway point of replacing, I would replace it. So you know, if you can get it put on for say two hundred, you got three thirty into it. Let's say you got three fifty into it. Okay, I might take the risk at that. If I'm getting up to say 600 into it, five or 600 into it, I'm probably going to replace it instead. Okay, but just the one. Just the one. Unless I had a lot of money to throw away, which I never do. <laughs> All right, very good, very good. I appreciate now, you that. Now you've got, you know, at, at, and and you've got one other option though. I mean, you've got you're going to have. $1,600 in each of them, so $3,200 by time you repl- replace both of them. Uh, realistically, you could take that same money and put a tankless in and not have to worry about a tank-type water heater any longer. And the average life on a tankless is over 20 years. Are these gas or electric? I mean, well, they're gas because yes. you've got burners. They're yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, I, honestly, I think, before I would uh, put $3,200 into replacing two tanks, I'd be looking at going with a tankless. But one of the plumbing companies recommended that, and the other one didn't because they said, based on the size of the home, I would need two of the, I think it's a Renai uh, 98 yeah. systems, and then that, that runs it up to $7,000 or how more. Bi- how, how big a home are we talking uh, 3,400 square feet, uh, three, three and a half bathrooms, four bedrooms. One kitchen? One kitchen. Okay. You need to take a look at Navion. And Navion has a larger tankless type water heater. In fact, some of them have a built-in, you can order it with a built-in recirculating pump where it's got a small tank for recirculating to keep the hot water just like you're already doing. Uh, but it, it would be able to handle this as a single unit and probably be less expensive than going with the two tanks. And the advantage to a Navion over Renai, 
Uh, not that Nav- Renai makes any makes a bad unit, but the Navion is more energy efficient. I think it's operating at ninety six percent efficiency, if I remember right. Uh, which means on the vent pipe, instead of having to go with a double stainless steel walled vent pipe, it can go with a PVC, which is much less expensive to have installed. Uh, I mean, it's, okay. it's, it's just an option for you. Okay, great. Thank you very much. You bet. You have a great weekend. All right. You too. Appreciate it. That little tidbit there kind of brings up a question. What is a dishonest contractor? A dishonest contractor is one who is not doing the work they said they were going to do. Too often, people get hung up thinking a dishonest contractor is someone who's charging more than somebody else. Well, if they're delivering more than somebody else, that's not being dishonest. And if they're in delivering, by that I mean, are they carrying workers' comp? Are they carrying general liability? If you compare contractors who don't carry those, there's going to be a price difference. Uh, Are they there doing the project every day like they're supposed to be? Uh, Are they using quality materials versus bottom of the rung materials? There is a difference in the materials. A 2x4 is not a 2x4. And let me tell you, an air conditioning unit is not an air conditioning unit. There's good units. There's bad units. And and, and that's with everything. There's good shingles. There's bad shingles. There's concrete even. There's good concrete and bad concrete. you got to know what you're getting into. Need help with that? That's why I'm here. I installed a new wood frame screen door. The screen door is level, equal spacing from the frame, etc. But when it closes shut, it does not fit tight in the frame. Uh, It's not closing tight against the stop on the lower right side, on the latch side. If you face the screen from the outside... Is there an adjustment I can make to the hinges, the spacers, to correct this issue, or is the wood frame warped? Thanks, Al. You know, this is a very common problem when putting in doors, that it may not fit tight on the top or on the bottom and things like that. And yes, doors are somewhat warped when we put them in. Now, sometimes you can get the door to straighten out over time, other times, you, you just plain have to take a look at replacing it. But on a screen door, you have one other option. There's a reason uh, the old wood screen doors always had that steel bar or cable that went through them with an adjustment on it. You can tighten it up, and not only does that change and pick up the hinge side, but it can also tighten up and take out some of the warp on a door. So it can serve two purposes. So more than likely what you're going to end up doing is just going down to the hardware store, picking up one of those bars with the adjustment in the middle. You screw it onto the the hinge side. The bar goes up. And then on the opening side, you attach it down near the bottom. And as you tighten that up, it'll put tension to pull that in. And I think you'll find that that'll fix your problem. Uh, again, this is the time of year that we're, we're installing all these... Uh, screen doors and storm doors and all that stuff to to make our homes more comfortable so uh, just a little tidbit of information there to to help you make the adjustments to make it more comfortable when we left i was talking with uh don and don's getting air under a wall that has a hardy siding on it 
And Don, when you say it's coming in, where where are you seeing the dust? Is it at the bottom of the baseboards or coming in on the top of them, or where is it coming in at? No, it's actually from the bottom blowing in. Into, we have wood floors in the house. Okay. So it's very noticeable, those, yep. you know, white powdery substances. Uh, but it's under underneath the, uh, the the baseboard that goes around. The, the okay. Uh, typically, the way the wall should be put together is they put down a foam, and then they put the two by four uh, sill plate on top of that, or base plate rather, uh, and you know, attach it to the foundation. And most of that should keep the air from coming in that way one thing you could do uh, that would be actually fairly simple to do is remove the baseboard and use a foam sealer on the bottom of that two by four and that would stop the air penetration from the inside from the inside rather than messing with the outside yeah they have tried twice uh they used foam the first time uh on the outside though yes sir on the outside and that didn't work, so they took the foam out, took the hardy two rows of hardy plank off, and they had some sort of sealant. You know, you put it out of a gun uh-huh. and just sealed the two by four between that and the foundation. And I really thought it was cured, fixed, and I was happy. Uh, but then we had a lot of wind out here, and uh, it blew dust again back in, and you know, in the same places. So what they, what I thought would work, didn't work. Uh, they did want to do that from the inside going out, and I thought, man, my wife would go crazy uh, with all of the dust and debris and uh, all the work. Because it's it's a really large area, yeah, uh, that, that comes in at, and I don't think that she, well, anyway, she would <laughs> she would not be too happy with them guys working on the inside. Is, uh, it, is this a fairly new home then? Yeah, it is. Yeah. They missed something when they put it together originally for that to be happening, and I think they're I think they're going to have to open it up on the inside to see it. Uh, it should not require them to be tearing off sheetrock and stuff. It really should be just the baseboard. So the the mess will be minimal. There will be some mess, but it'll be minimal. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, listen, I appreciate that. I'm a, I'll I'll let them know that. Uh, and they haven't been back out here to try whatever they want to try next, but. I'll talk to them about what you suggested. I sure will. Okie doke. All right. Good luck, Don. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. I was talking with Jack in Lake Jackson. And, Jack, on this storm shelter you're building, okay, you're you're telling me that the floor you step down into there, and and you say about three and a half inches? Yes. Okay. Why is the contractor not just filling that with concrete then? Well, because... We're also putting a um, master bathroom in, and we're going to have to put some plumbing in there. And so we have decided that we were just going to put a piece of plywood on it. We built a uh, like a little curb all the way around to hold the um, the walls, okay? We've got two-by-six walls on 16-inch centers, you know, and I guess it's a matter of... of uh, financing how much he thought it would cost to do that as opposed to filling it with concrete and uh pre-piping all of the plumbing okay well because you can run in that three and a half inch space you could run water lines but you're not going to be able to run pipes for drains so uh 
it really does make more sense to me to go with concrete uh, because as far as your plywood, yeah. on a second floor, typically if you're going to put tile in order to keep from having sags that uh, cause cracking, yeah. now this is on 16-inch centers, you would normally go with an inch and a half, two three-quarter inch uh, yeah. pieces of plywood. Uh, on 12-inch centers, you could drop down to an inch and a quarter, but by the time you buy all that plywood, the two-by-fours, and do all the installation, I think it'd be better to just pour the concrete. Okay. Well, I will definitely take that into consideration, and uh, we'll talk to the contractor and see what we can work out. Because, like, like I said, I'm not a structural engineer. You know, yeah. I've been building all my life. You know, and there's some things that you can you can fly like like the. Uh, I I was told by the windstorm engineer that we could have used six inch concrete block instead of eight inch. The problem is six inch is hard to find. Or it's harder to find down here. Yeah, it's almost as expensive. You know, we just gained four inches in the in the building from sure. uh, cutting that off. So I just went ahead with eight inch, and uh, that's why I called because I, I knew that, that you'd have a, a decent answer. And I'm assuming you guys drilled the rebar down into the uh, yeah. slab for the walls and everything. Yeah. Seven okay, seven inches, and uh, they go. Most of them are two foot long, so uh -huh. they're going. You know. Seven, the bottom one went seven inches into the slab, and then you know up and through two in, two of the blocks, and then all the others have, you know, uh, there there's at least two pieces of rebar in every single void. Okay, so there's plenty of concrete, yep. plenty of rebar in there. I, I believe it probably takes just about anything except for a, a 50 caliber uh, armor piercing to get through it. So yep. you know it should be solid enough and Thanks. you you one last question for you because you're you're making this a, a dual purpose a, a, a closet and storm shelter are you going to put an air conditioning duct in it yes sir we're going to put an air conditioning duct in it and i'm actually going to put a uh, a small ventilator fan so that you know in case that one ten goes off i'll have a 12 volt solar uh solar powered with a battery you know for a uh, probably three or four hours, so that we can get some ventilation in and out of that. Very good. I, I don't want to be in there, you know, even in uh, the winter time without getting some fresh air in there. Yeah, because the humidity level on a concrete thing like that will just skyrocket quickly. <laughs> okay. Well, I hadn't thought of the humidity, but you're you're right. I, that's that's another reason I called. <laughs> All right. Well, Jack, Thanks. you have a happy Easter. Well, you do. Thank you very much for taking my call. You bet. Uh, Y'all be careful. All Take right? care. Yep. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, interesting, you know, construction, and, and, and I can fully understand why why somebody would want to build something like that, uh, especially with the, the storms we get. Uh, but, you know, like I was asking, you got to make sure it's anchored down. you got to have your roof all tied together. Everything's got to be tied solid. And if you're going to use it for other things— dehumidification is going to be important. That's the reason I was asking about the ductwork, uh, if it's going to be going into it. Uh, so a lot of you know, lot of considerations have to go into building rooms like that. It's not just a matter of making it strong. you got to make it where it's going to be functional as well. Barry, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Hey, I've got a 1994 David Weekly home. Uh, we were uh, caught up in the flood uh, last year, 
and uh, we're built up uh, three feet off a concrete pad uh, using pony walls and then uh, uh, eye joists uh, running across the pony walls. Uh-huh. And that's that's where we took our, our most damage. The, those uh, uh, eye joists are made out of OSB, Uh-oh. and they were underwater for about two and a half weeks. Yep. And so there, we just got a report back from the structural engineer. Uh, those uh, eye joists are deforming, and they need to be replaced. I don't want to replace them with OSB and have to go through all this again. I'm just wondering uh, pros and cons of going with dimensional lumber or going with steel. Well... You you have the same issues with lumber in that if it goes underwater and gets wet, it still can deform in shape. Now, the OSB boards, they actually delaminate and start coming apart and getting soft. So you wouldn't have that issue, but it could start twisting and warping on you. Uh, steel, you know, it's going to give you a longer term without rusting and stuff. Now, one thing you may want to take a look at, they actually do make some with aluminum now. Uh, and, and it kind of looks like a webbing uh, going across. Okay. Where where you've got the two by fours on top and bottom, and then the angles going up and down with aluminum studs. Uh, but I don't know, you know, what your spans and loads are. That that would have to be calculated out if that can be done that way. But so you do have some options on it. Uh, did the water get in the house or just onto those beams underneath? So it got six inches into the house. Okay. I'm just thinking outside the box here, but I'm not so sure. Are you gonna Are you gonna leave it at, at its current height, or are you gonna try to lift it up? We're thinking of leaving it at its current height. And, and the reason I'm asking that question, I'm not so sure. I wouldn't look at lifting it up and changing out the beams at that time because your pony wall could be extended. And by lifting it up, it gives you easy access to slide the beams all the way across and uh, replace everything all at once. But if you're going to leave it where it's at, yeah, the pony walls can be opened and and the beams brought in. I'm just thinking, as a contractor now, I'm thinking of ease of installation. (laughs) Uh, Sure. And and honestly, given the type of construction you have, I don't think it would cost that much to raise it, uh, as as opposed to most homes that they have to put the underpinning in, they have to build a, the the walls and all that stuff. Since you're on a slab and and have the pony walls up like that, really, it's going to be a matter of them setting the jacks and doing the lift itself, which is is going to be relatively inexpensive. What you may want to consider. Did you have flood insurance? Yes. Talk with your flood insurance company because they may be willing to help you out with, especially the design you have. Uh, on at the very least, you may get some hellacious discounts that would offset it because the long term uh, looking at the cost of flood insurance right now is people whose homes flooded. In a matter of five years, could be looking at ten grand a year for flood insurance. It, it's going to become cost prohibitive, where if you get it high enough, then it won't be. But th- we're going down a different subject. If I, if it was my home and I was looking at replacing those beams, I would be looking at the two by fours, top and bottom, with the either steel or aluminum webbing between them. Okay, all right. And do you have uh, any contractors that do the uh, steel or aluminum? 
uh, eye joists. Who can replace them for you? Yeah, who can do that work? Uh, yeah, actually, my company can do West. Yeah. Okay. Now, this would be one just because of the nature of it. Uh, I'd have to set the appointment for either myself or my brother to come out and look at because it's not something our regular estimators could look at. Okay. Uh, and, and when the job would be this type of job, these are the ones that I actually go out and build with the guys. Uh, I can't send just a regular foreman out because it's specialty work. And so there's a limited number of specialty jobs I can do. But, yeah, this is definitely one that, that I could come out and take a look at and do. All right. So call the office to set that up? Yeah, call the office at uh, 713-473-7156, and uh, I'll set up a time where I can come out and take a look at it. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Jeff. Bernice, how are you? Hi, Jim. My question is regarding uh, installation of a new AC unit, yes. AC and heating um, and I wanted to know if you could give me some information or just um, some points on installing like American Standard versus, versus Rude and okay. whether or not it would be beneficial for us to install a 16-seer versus a 14-seer. Well, the higher the seer number, the more energy efficient it's going to be. Okay. And uh, you know, then beyond that, you start getting into variable speeds, which help on energy efficiency as well. So, give me a, give me a little more detail. You're looking at American Standard versus Rude. Uh, both right. systems are good systems. I will tell you that American Standard is going to be rated as a higher end unit than Rude. Okay. Uh, okay. But both systems are, are are very adequate. Which one is 16? Which one is 14? So actually, we just kind of uh, looked at the 14 and the 16 here under each. Um, okay. Uh, brand. And what kind of price so, difference was there? Well, um, they range between eight to seventeen thousand for the uh, I want to say American Standard, and then Rude was a little bit cheaper. Yeah, yeah, and like and like I said, it is a, a little bit lesser unit, but uh, we put both systems in uh, on a regular basis. Both okay. will will do you just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the, the as far as whether to go fourteen or sixteen. Is, is going to depend on if you're going to stay in the home long term. If you're putting in the system and you know you're going to sell a house, say, in three years, go with the 14. If okay. you're going to stay in the house, uh, you know, for another, say, 10 years or something, then mm-hmm. I would actually go with the 16 SEER, mostly because okay. over time you're going to save that money. Okay. 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 I think the difference was like a, as far as the price range between the two was like between like a six thousand dollar difference. Say for instance, we looked at American Standard fourteen to sixteen year, and it was like a six thousand dollar difference. Mm, that sounds a that sounds kind of husky for for a jump from a fourteen to a sixteen. Right, I'm thinking they must have. There must be something else that they also upped in in it, like uh, like I was saying that variable speed. I'm thinking that the 14 sear they quoted might might have been just a a standard uh, 14 sear, and then when they went to the 16, they they maybe bumped it into a variable speed because that would add that much to it. Okay, actually, I think it was just the one speed because we wow. did look at the variable speed, and I think that came in the 17 sear, if I'm not mistaken. 17 and 18, yes, ma'am. 17 and and, and, and on up to 21. 
Right. Okay. So that 16 seal was actually a one speed, you know, single speed. Okay. I would not okay. spend the extra 6000 to to do to make right. that jump. Okay. And then, uh, you know, there was like smaller companies that we were looking at and larger companies. Some of them, sure. you know, just trying to determine um, the service quality of whether or not to go with a smaller company versus a larger company. Well, you know, the smaller company, typically they're going to get to know your unit. They're going to know you on an individual basis. But the larger company, should you have an emergency, they typically have the personnel to jump right on it and get somebody out there. So that that's really just a, a comfort thing that you're going to have to, to make peace with. Obviously, I'm going to tell you, call Due West because uh, we're, we're, we're able to help you on both tokens. We're kind of a smaller company, but we have the people to maintain and take care of your units. And that music means I'm going to have to let you go because i got to take a quick break. Well, thank you so much. And I actually wrote that number down. I appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate you calling. Thank you. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.